Welcome to this episode of the Catholic Wives Desiring Peace podcast. This episode is a get to know me kind of episode. I wanted to kind of share a little bit about my background and uh, kind of my my why, why I'm doing this, why I have this podcast, why I am in this position to be able to talk to you about issues with demanding, challenging, or even toxic in-laws. Are you a Catholic wife grappling with challenging in-laws? The Catholic Wives Desiring Peace podcast is your sanctuary for navigating the sometimes stormy seas of life with toxic in-laws while being validated for what you've experienced. Join me, your host, Miriam Susan, a Catholic wife who's weathered nearly three decades of in-law drama as we tackle the tough issues you're dealing with head on. So my husband and I have been married for about 27 and a half years. Um, we have six kids. We have four adult daughters. Whew, and that's even hard to say because <laughs> it, it really has gone by in such a flash. And we have two sons. Our daughters came first and then God switched things up on us and gave us two boys. And um, we have not been Catholic for very long, actually. We came um, into the Catholic Church through RCIA in uh, 2018. But before then, my personal background is that I was raised in a totally a-religious home, meaning that um, we never went to church, not ever. We um, didn't talk about religious things. There was basically no religious training in our home at all. And the only uh, things that I knew about God or Jesus came from, number one, I was baptized as an infant into the Methodist church at um, the insistence of my grandmother, my dad's mom. In preschool years, I was put into a Presbyterian preschool, and so I did learn a little bit about God then. There were some seeds planted, and I remember as a child just dancing around on our screen porch in Florida, making up songs about God. And then throughout my older childhood years, nothing, no religious anything. Uh, I remember one time being in a Methodist church with a friend of mine, but really religion was just not part of anything that we did. Uh, The most I learned about Jesus and Christianity was actually through Christmas carols and singing them and loving Christmas carols, loving the Christmas season and learning about Jesus through um, Christmas hymns like Away in a Manger. And then when I was in college, I had a very good friend who kept insisting on me joining her at a Bible study. And I don't know how many times she invited me before I actually went. And I just found these fellow young college students there and was just blown away by how diverse the group was. There was the, the football jock and there was the cheerleader and there was the you know, the academic and just a wide, a wide swath of people. And I thought, okay, well, these are not what I thought, you know, Christians were like. And I came to know God. I came to know Jesus through that Bible study. I'm so thankful for my friend, uh, Tanya, inviting me to go. And um, that began, began my spiritual journey. And my husband and I met through Fellowship of Christian Athletes. 
and we got married and we attended Baptist churches for many years. Um, then we went to some non-denominational churches before finally settling into a really sound, good Presbyterian church. But at the same time, we were, <clears throat> you know, kind of wondering and wandering and and eventually that led my husband to do a lot of research on the Catholic Church, and we joined in 2018. But um, that's just my personal background, and the issues with my in-laws, are, of course, are a little more complicated. Uh, before my husband and I even really had been dating for very long, he invited me to go home with him to meet his parents. It was a little intimidating. I remember asking my mom permission to go, and she's like, well, you're over 18. You don't need my permission to go, but thank you for you know, asking. And we went, and <clears throat> things have just always felt a little bit off with my in-laws and my mother-in-law in particular. There was never really any words I could put to it. I could never really... Um, define what it was that was strange or uncomfortable or troubling, uh, unnerving, something that it was always like a base level of stress that existed every time we got together, every time we were planning for them to come visit us, every time we were planning to go visit them. There was always <clears throat> just a knowing that something wasn't quite Right. Now, things looked fairly normal on the surface because there were periods of time when everything was great. Everything, or it seemed great, everything seemed normal. And then there would be some kind of incident, uh, tension leading up to that incident. The incident, um, pretty much a, a denying some, a lot of times that it, that it even happened. Um, you know, that's not what I meant. That's not um, how it really happened. You're just too sensitive, uh, mostly directed at my husband. And um, <clears throat> yeah, it was just just a really strained relationship at times. And um, my husband was very much the golden child for very many years because he was the first to get married. Although, you know... <sighs> I'm trying to pick out like what, what to share because it's, it's volumes, it's volumes of things that have happened. And <clears throat> the tricky thing is that if you pull out these little stories that I have like peppered throughout our married life, um, very few of them are that dramatic. Very few of them are something that, uh, an outsider would say, whoa, that's, you know, they weren't like that. That's not the nature of how my mother-in-law tends to operate. She has a stellar resume. You could never imagine, never imagine that someone who uh, is so involved in the foster care system, who is so involved with her church and volunteering and going on mission trips and, and helping with the library and all these things, I mean, she has truly an impeccable resume. And so it makes it really hard for someone who's on the outside to hear me or my husband say, you know what, things are just not right. 
because her resume, you know, they, the saying, your resume speaks for itself. Well, it kind of does, except that it doesn't tell the whole truth. And so there were issues from the time before we got engaged. There were uh, issues of my mother-in-law reading my husband's journal um, as an adult who, um, you know, as he detailed out the the ideas he had for proposing to me and things were just anything it seemed like that was going well for my husband that would um, push him towards independence was fought against. And it wasn't always obvious. It wasn't uh, blatant. It was, it was just all very subtle. And if you have issues like that, please know that, that I get it. <laughs> I get it. Not all toxic relationships are, are very in your face kind of things. And so through the years, there were things that popped up, little, little things that were said, uh, things that were done, um, that just reinforced that, that feeling that I had in me that said something isn't right. And I remember one instance in particular, I was expecting our, our fourth daughter. So I had a seven, a five and a three, three year old girl. And I was terribly sick. It was my worst pregnancy by far to that point. I was, I had lost about 15 to 20 pounds due to just extreme morning sickness. And my husband was in the air force at the time. And he, he didn't have the time or the availability to really really helped me and help our girls in the way that they needed. And so when things got especially rough, my husband called, called my mom and called his mom and asked them if they could please just for a week, just come and allow me to rest, allow me to, um, basically just check out and have supervise, you know, supervision for our three children. And they both agreed, um, my mom came up first and I mean, it was, it was amazing. She came and she cooked and she cleaned and she took the girls out and played with them in the yard and fixed their hair and did laundry, clean, I mean, everything. And it was such a blessing. And then it was time for my mother-in-law to come. And I will freely admit that I might be a little fuzzy on the details. Um, but the way I remember it is that we were prepared for them to, um, just bring my mother-in-law or have her just drive. I can't remember if she was just going to drive by herself. And it was only, I don't know, six, seven hours. I say only, um, we were kind of in the middle between both parents and she was just going to come for a week, just like my mom did. Or so we thought, and things got changed at the last minute to where it wasn't going to be my mother-in-law coming and staying with us. But my in-laws coming in, taking our girls back to their home. And I had never, ever been away from my girls. I have always stayed home. I never had anything more than, you know, a babysitter for a couple of hours so that my husband and I could go out on a date. Um, That's just not my personal parenting style. I never wanted to be away from my kids. And here we were. I was very, very sick could barely take care of myself, let alone these three girls. And they came 
and they were driving down and <clears throat> I pretty much had a breakdown as they were coming because I did not want them to go. And I could like, again, I couldn't explain why I didn't have a, a solid reason why I didn't want them to go. I just didn't want them to go. And looking back, I feel like that was really the Holy Spirit saying, protect your girls, keep them home, keep them safe, keep them nearby. <clears throat> so they, they were driving down and I lost it. And I told my husband, I did not want them to go. And I actually told him that I was willing to lay down behind our minivan and he would have to run me over in order to take the girls to meet up with his parents. Definitely not a proud moment <laughs> in my life for sure. Um, <clears throat> but that's how desperate I felt at the time. Uh, and so I was crying. My husband was crying. The girls were crying. It was just an emotional, traumatic event. And we all went inside and my husband had already been loaded up. All the kids were already loaded up. All their stuff was loaded up in the van. And I just, I lost it. I wasn't going to allow it to happen. And we went inside. I took a shower. And during that time in the shower, I really felt like God was speaking to me to tell me, you know what, Susan, you need to submit to your husband and allow him to take the girls to your in-law's house or to meet up with my in-laws. My in-laws were going to meet up with my husband partway there. And so I did. And he did. And I don't remember. I don't think I went. I don't remember if I rode with him to drop off the girls. I just stayed home. And my husband and I will both say that that was a very, it was a turning point in our marriage because number one, he learned that I would submit to him and his leadership as the head of our family and allow him to lead in a situation that I didn't necessarily agree with. And that was at the time, that was an immediate change. But now looking back, my husband thinks that was a turning point for a different reason. And it was that he allowed his parents more say in our family and in our marriage than I had. And now he regrets it. Now he wishes that he had never allowed that to happen. And that's just one example of some things that had happened. And, you know, looking back, if I just say, you know, well, you know, my, my mother-in-law said she was going to come and help with the girls. And then she changed her mind and wanted to take the girls to her house. That's not really a big story that a lot of people could say, you know what, that's awful that's toxic. That's, that's, you know, detrimental to your family. No, it, I know it's not, but yet there has been a pattern of these kinds of behaviors over 25 years. And I'll, I'll get to why I say 25 years when we've been married almost 28 in just a minute. But as time went on, um, we ended our career in the military and we lived my husband's dream. He always wanted to settle and be near his parents. He always very much valued that extended family culture that they had because his, you know, one set of grandparents was, you know, at, at this place and another set of grandparents was just a couple hours away and they were cousins and aunts and uncles and, and they were all very centralized in this one specific area of the country. And that's where we moved to. 
my in-laws actually helped us find this house. It was the homeschooler's dream, uh, old 1935 farmhouse, heart pine siding on almost 10 acres that had blueberry bushes and <clears throat> apple trees and fig trees and pear trees. And we had chickens and it was space for the kids to just enjoy. And when it would snow in the wintertime, it was so beautiful. And the kids called it Narnia because it felt just so magical with all the snow and <clears throat> and then things exploded. Things got really, really, really bad. Um, there was an incident that happened with one of my husband's sisters, and it really brought out um, the worst, the worst in in my mother-in-law. And, and I know it was a trying time for her. I know it was... Um, a very trying time. Um, but the way she handled it was, was explosive. And it came to pass that, um, we got involved in this situation and, um, in a way that was requested by my in-laws, they actually asked for our help in this situation. And it turned into, uh, an opportunity for my husband to be on the phone with my mother-in-law every day, getting chewed out, screamed at, yelled at, sobbing for two to three hours every single day. And at this point, we are, <clears throat> we are in our 12th year of marriage. Um, my husband has no regular work. It was right about the time, 2008 timeframe, where the economy took a massive tumble. The business that my husband was trying to set up and run with his dad basically went under because of uh, the rising fuel prices and the equipment that they had to use. And it was like the whole world was imploding. And so was our life uh, with in our relationship with our in-laws. And things were so bad. I mean, you can imagine if, if your husband is getting yelled at every single day by one of his parents every every single day every day two to three hours and he's trying to be respectful of her trying to um give her the respect that is due to her for her role for her the fact that she is a fellow human being the fact that he's her mother and um we just we couldn't handle the stress i had a brand new baby at that time our first son uh, my husband started developing alopecia, which means he just had like splotches of hair missing from his scalp. Like, and he had like two or three, like on the back of his head, just totally bald. Um, I started developing some chronic health problems from the stress levels. If you have, uh, periods of long times where your stress levels are high and your cortisol levels are high, it starts to attack your thyroid, it starts to attack your adrenals. And that's what started happening to me. And we were, we were in hell is really what it felt like. And my husband and I got to a point where we thought we've, we've got to get away. We have to get away. We did at one point try sitting down and talking to his parents about what was happening. And it was awful. <laughs> If you've tried to talk to your in-laws um, and they are highly toxic, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Things were pushed back on us. It was deflected. Like, that's not what we meant. You misunderstood. Um, it, it wasn't, it wasn't their fault. 
at all. How could it possibly be their fault? It was us. And my husband and I took a leap and we moved from this homeschooler's dream to Florida to be closer to my family and and to kind of test to see, you know, could we, could we move this business that we had started? We had started an online business helping local businesses market online, you know, could we, could we move it? Could we move and still keep those clients and see what happens? So we'd always dreamed of living overseas and we did. And the move was not well accepted. We kept it quiet for a really long time. Uh, my mother-in-law found our house on Craigslist. I remember her coming over to the house one day and we had not said anything. We had no sign up in the yard. It was just solely on Craigslist. And she came into the house one day. She said, so have you gotten any bites on the house? My husband and I were like, yeah, we actually have, we've had a few people that are interested. And then we were like, how did she, she's been scouring Craigslist. She's been scouring Craigslist. They're just doing something. I don't know to find out that we were selling our house. So the move was not accepted well. And, but really it was a very, very good thing for us. We needed the space. We needed the, the physical distance from my in-laws to allow us to try to, you know, just think again, just think again, to be a family for my husband, to be able to do something entrepreneurial that he wanted to do. And we were not able to with the constant attacks, the constant pummeling in the face that he was receiving from his parents. And it was during that time that we realized very quickly, we were not making enough money to survive in the United States. And we had always had a dream to travel, always had a dream to, to live overseas from the time we were first married and my husband was in the air force. We just knew the air force was going to send us to Germany or to, we it never happened. And we started learning about families who were traveling and moving to Latin America and just living a dream and being able to do it on just a tiny fraction of what it costs to live in the United States. So in 2011, we packed up and sold at yard sales weekend after weekend after weekend. We had stickers everywhere. We sold nearly everything we have except for scrapbooks, baby blankets, a few choice things. My grandmother's wedding china that we had used as our China, and we moved to Costa Rica. And before we moved, we had let my parents know about six to eight weeks out. We were very purposeful with how we delivered the information. We knew that you know, my parents lived in the area, so they were going to come over at some point and be like, where's all your stuff? <laughs> and so we let them know, and they were not thrilled, but they they were as supportive as I expected them to be. They supported us and, um, you know, like I said, was they were not excited about it because they, they love us, they love their grandkids and uh, didn't want us to leave. But at the same time, we're grownups, <laughs> we had kids and this is what we thought was best to do. With my in-laws, on the other hand, we talked about it and we were trying to decide, you know, there's going to be drama. We know there's going to be drama. 
do we want to deal with the drama beforehand and have them drive down and cause a massive uh, disrupting our disrupting our plans um, really causing a lot more stress that we didn't need because the stress was already like super super high uh, or we could wait and tell them once we were there and my husband did mention to his dad a few months before well a couple months because we had gone back up to um, the area for vacation Bible school at our old church and my husband said something to his dad he's like you know we're we're planning a move to Latin America we weren't sure where or maybe he said specifically Central America we weren't sure where at the time we didn't decide really what country we were going to until not very long out I mean we pretty much pushed it to the very limits uh, we had originally thought about Guatemala and then we settled on Costa Rica where my mom is from and his dad basically said you know your mom is not in the mental state at this point to receive this information um, so don't say anything so we didn't and we arrived in San Jose Costa Rica on August 7th of 2011 and I just remember I just remember crying when our airplane landed because it was just so so overwhelming all the work that had gone into it um, the space that we were gonna have now from my in-laws was a huge perk and we had done it and my husband had posted on Facebook about it and you can imagine how that was received uh, the timing was terrible considering that my mother-in-law's birthday was two days later but you know what I mean that's what we chose to do we knew there was gonna be drama we decided to choose to have the drama happen when we were in a place that they couldn't drive by and explode on us and so that's what we did and it was the most amazing experience for on so many levels but really having that distance and knowing that distance was there knowing that there was no way no how my in-laws could just drop by show up and impose on us was priceless after costa rica we moved to mexico and we lived there for about a year and again another amazing experience amazing opportunity for our kids to learn about um, the mexican culture and to save a lot of money <laughs> And then we came back to the States after my dad passed away in uh, 2013. And it was um, not too long after that, that we discovered that I was expecting our bonus baby. So we, we moved to Costa Rica with five children, my four girls and our oldest son, and just had the time of our lives. And then we came back and God blessed us with our bonus baby. And then he took a job in the Middle East to provide for our family because that's just how it worked out. And um, we actually spent some time traveling through, through Western Europe, through England and France and Spain and a little bit of time in Wales. Again, just an amazing family experience. And again, more time away without having that, that looming pressure to visit with my in-laws because that's what it always felt like, this pressure. Because my husband is a very family-centered man. 
always has been. And that was one of the things that I loved very much about him before we even got married was his devotion to his family. Um, but it was, I didn't realize it was an enmeshed relationship. And, um, then after our time in Europe, we came back to the States, um, and my husband took another job in the Middle East and he, uh, worked in the United Arab Emirates. And for six months, we were able to go out there. And that was truly another life-changing experience to live in a Muslim culture, to see how they live, to see how similar they are to us was amazing. And it was actually at that point when we really started to open our hearts to the Catholic Church. And so we came back and it was shortly after that we came back in 2017. And by 2018, we had um, joined the Catholic Church through RCIA. And it was really at that point uh, that things really intensified with my in-laws. We were getting a lot better about, you know, saying no and, and choosing how we were going to interact. They had come a few times and stayed either in our driveway in a little camper van or actually in our house with us. And they wanted to come and visit and stay in our house again and I told my husband, no, I can't, I can't do it. I, I need the time away, even if it's just from nine o'clock at night to about 10 o'clock in the morning, I need that time to be able to decompress, to be myself in my own home that I can't do if they're sleeping under our roof. And so they were planning to come for a visit before my husband went away on a, um, on a 90 day deployment for another Department of Defense contract job. This one was going to be a little more um, dangerous. And they wanted to come visit before he left. And we said, yeah, we'd love for you to come, but you can't stay in our house. Because I was not going to tell my husband. I didn't want to be a controlling wife, a manipulative wife that said, no, you can't see your family. I I didn't want to be that. I still don't want to be that. And so I said, they can come, but I don't want them in our house. And they pushed back. And his dad said, can't we just stay upstairs in your rec room? My husband said, nope, that's not going to work for us this time. The next conversation, we just want to stay upstairs in the rec room. No, we have hotel points. We'd love to put you up in a hotel. It's a hotel we've stayed at. Very great location, very comfortable rooms. No. My husband remembers that conversation ending with them saying, no, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. So we got pushback on just a very simple line that we didn't want to cross. Very simple boundary. After that, they, um, they came and I thought it was a reasonable visit. All the visits that we ever had with them seemed to be reasonable up until, (laughs) up until something happened. There was always a little a little jab, a little throw at the end, a little statement of, I still don't really have words for what it was, but just uh, something was said or done that was like to let us know that she wasn't happy. And this visit was no different. And they went away. They went further south into Florida for a conference. And on the way back, 
my husband had extended an invitation for them to come and see the kids one more time. And, you know, my daughter would bake cookies or whatever. And after they left, uh, we got to talking and I was like, you know, we've already seen your parents. I just want it to be us. I just want it to be our family, not have to worry about being on for them. And I just want it to be us. You're about to leave. He had spent quite a bit of time away at training before coming home. And he was only home for like a week or 10 days before he had to leave again for 90. I said, you know, I mean, I just want it to be us. And so he called his parents at the conference, let them know, you know, hey, I'm going to renege on this invitation. I just want it to be our family. And we thought that that was it. But it wasn't. (laughs) But it wasn't. And what ended up happening happening was, um, I can't remember if it was Sunday or Monday, my daughter was getting ready to leave because she had to go to work. And she walked out of the house to get in her car and, you know, love you. See you later. Have fun. And then the next thing I know, she's back inside and she says, mommy, I think I just saw their van drive by. And I was like, what? It's like, no, what do you mean? She's like, no, I I think I saw their van drive by. It had this teal sticker on the back of their van, just like, just like their van. And it was them. And they totally, completely disregarded our request to not come visit. And they drove down our street and we lived on a cul-de-sac and they were just hanging out in the cul-de-sac. And my husband went out and met them and said, what are you doing? Why are you here? I asked you not to come. I told you not to come. This is my time with my family. Why are you here? I'm an independent adult. I'm an autonomous person. This is our autonomous family unit. Why are you here? We asked you not to come. And it was immediately thrown back in his face. Is this the kind of legacy you want to have? You know, it's weird that you don't want to spend time with your family. And it was like, what? And they kind of argued back and forth for about 30 to 45 minutes out in the street. And... I was inside thinking, what the heck is going on? What is happening? What, what is happening right now? This is so bizarre. And they were not allowed inside the house. They were not allowed to see the children. And that was it. And they left. And after my husband went away on that deployment, he came back and it was a super special occasion. We were having our youngest son baptized into the Catholic church. He was just before he turned five and uh, my in-laws came back again and it was the most stressful weekend of my life. I was on edge before they got home. I mean, my husband is literally not even home for a week at that point after being gone for 90 days. All the kids are desiring his attention because, you know, daddy's home and I'm wanting to spend time with my husband too. And here we have this event, which was fine. I was okay with them um, coming because this is, you know, baptism is a big deal. And the baptism went well. I hosted dinner the night before, hosted lunch after the baptism because it happened right after um, Sunday morning mass that we normally attended. And we came back for lunch and just had something like a simple sandwich spread. And then I was toast. I was completely emotionally, mentally, 
physically exhausted. I was, I didn't know it at the time, but I was at the, the beginning of an adrenal crash. And if you've never had an adrenal crash, it basically involves migraines, nausea, brain fog, zero energy, just blah. And I remember sitting in a chair in our living room and we had a very open floor plan home in Florida and just kind of like barely observing what was going on. And in the kitchen, in our kitchen, my mother-in-law was in the kitchen telling our girls that they could go on a missions trip, an international missions trip with her to Panama. And they didn't even really need to ask us because they were practically adults. At that point, my children were 18, 16, and 14, the ones that she was talking to. My husband heard part of the conversation and immediately like the visit was done. Okay. It was time for my brother-in-law to leave. Uh, he had to catch a plane and everybody was leaving. My in-laws too. We were done and they left. And after that, they wanted to get together again with my husband. They wanted to see us again. We said, no, we're done. We're not visiting anymore. And there was more pushback, more insistence on wanting to see us. And my husband sent the text saying, don't call us. We'll call you. We want to have a break. We, I will contact you when we're ready. And I think that that incident, um, and that happened in 2019 and we have been no contact ever since the incident was a culmination of decades worth of behaviors that you know, we can now look back on and say, you know, that was that, that was not good. That was not healthy. Um, because hindsight's always 2020, right? And you don't, if you don't have words to put to certain behaviors at the time, it's hard to kind of classify them like how they are, except that maybe they make you feel a little weird. Um, but that instance in the kitchen was confirmation of a fear that my husband had had since the time he was very, very young. Before we even met, when he was still a child at home, he knew in his heart of hearts that at some point his mom was going to do whatever she could to turn our children, my husband's future children, against him. And there it was playing out in our kitchen. And that was, like I said, that was a pivotal moment itself. Also, my husband seeing how being around his parents was, was actually physically hurting me. For a long time, he thought that it was all me, that I just needed to reframe and, and really pray about how I saw his parents. But in that short amount of time, that weekend, he realized that, that it wasn't me, that it really was not, you know, all in my head or whatever. So I could share, gosh, hundreds, literally hundreds of other stories of other instances of what our family has gone through, what our family has experienced. But I just wanted to share a little bit and I actually went on a lot longer than, than I intended. Um, but I, and I share this all to let you know that I understand that, that I get it. And if you're listening to this, then chances are you are in a place where you don't have a lot of people who get it. 
you don't have a lot of people who understand and know what it's like to have in-laws in a relationship where from the outside it looks perfect and they look like amazing people and you are so blessed to have these people as your in-laws and inside you're screaming no you don't understand it's not normal it's not like this it is not a beautiful painting it's just a facade and there's a lot of troubles behind this and that's what I lived for very many years and I will tell you that um, I would never encourage anybody to you know rashly decide to go no contact to rashly you know make a rash decision and just immediately cut off contact for no good reason no from what I have observed from what I have gathered through through years of talking with other wives who are going through similar situations that it is it has never been a rash decision on anybody's part it has always been a decision that was made through prayer through many many times of giving second chances and third chances and 10th chances to the parents before deciding, you know what, enough, enough is enough. I can't handle this anymore. For our family's sake, for our mental health sake, we have to cut off contact. That has always been the experience that I have seen. And I would never encourage anybody to cut off contact without prayerfully considering it, trying just about everything you can beforehand to make things work. But sometimes no contact is really the only option in order to protect your marriage, protect your sanity, and protect your children. And that's why I'm here. I'm here to give you a voice to help you feel seen and heard and to know that you are not alone in this. You are not the only one who has these things happening to you that don't make any sense to anybody else that your friends don't get, that people say, but, but he, that's, that's his mother, but that's his father. They're his family. You just got to forgive and forget. No, there's actually a lot of guidance within the Catholic church on how to deal with these situations. And so I want to give you the, I want you to borrow my courage to do what's right for your family, to be able to stand up and protect your family and remember that when you make those marriage vows when you and your husband make those marriage vows forsaking all others those words include your parents too it's not just another romantic partner it includes your parents too and at some point it includes your kids too you have to forsake all others for each other and so I hope that my story and future podcast episodes are an encouragement to you to be able to find your voice, to be able to find your courage. And until you find your courage, you can borrow some of mine because I will gladly give it to you to be able to stand up for your family, for your marriage, and for your own sanity in, in the midst of very challenging in-law situations. And I know some of you have challenges that are far beyond what we have gone through and I I am praying for you I am praying for you I have so much more to share but for 
well, it's not really brevity when you go on for this long, but uh, for brevity's sake, I will end here. And I just want to tell you that, um, that you are loved, you are seen, you are heard. And I pray that this has been a blessing to you to know that you're not alone. Go in peace. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Catholic Wives Desiring Peace podcast. I have a free gift for you that I would love for you to get. It is my free scripts for toxic in-laws. It's a little PDF that you can use to give you some examples of how to speak to your in-laws about certain issues. I'd love to give it to you absolutely free. So if you head to desiringpeace.com forward slash gift. It will be there waiting for you. Just enter your name and email so you can start using it for inspiration on how to talk with your toxic in-laws. Again, thanks so much for tuning in. Go to desiringpeace.com forward slash gift to claim your gift now. Disclaimer, all content and information on this podcast and our website, including our programs, products, and or services is for information and educational purposes only and does not constitute professional medical, psychiatric, or mental health advice of any kind and does not establish any kind of professional client relationship by your listening to this podcast or use of my website. A professional client relationship with you is only formed after we have expressly entered into a written agreement with you that you have signed, including our fee structure and other terms to work with you in a specific matter. Although we strive to provide accurate general information, the information presented here is not a substitute for any kind of professional advice, and you should not rely solely on this information. Always consult a professional in the area for your particular needs and circumstances prior to making any professional, medical, or mental health-related decisions.